Chapter Four. Be careful what you wish for. Jason cut across Mr. Mackenzie's field and skied down into the dry creek bed. Even though the creek bed was deep, it hadn't had an actual creek in it for years. It used to be possible to catch the occasional fish in it, but now all it was good for was a private shortcut. As he trudged along the creek bed, his thongs flicked up fine dust that glowed orange in the light of the afternoon sun. Some of it stuck to his perspiring body. After about a kilometer, he scrambled out of the creek bed and headed for a nearby graveled road. The top of the local surf life-saving clubhouse was visible above the grassy embankment that ran beside the road. It reminded him of another battle he couldn't seem to win. So he looked away. He just wanted to get into the surf life-saving club so he could help people, but they wouldn't let him in. To qualify, there was a swimming test. You had to be able to swim half a kilometer or so it under nine minutes. He'd had tried it a few times, but he always failed. They told him that he wasn't trying, that he didn't seem to care. You need to be passionate about saving lives, they said. They were idiots too. He followed the road away from the clubhouse. His thongs slid around on the loose stones that served as the road's surface. Almost like they were cheap roller skates. After a short distance, the road curved away from the embankment, but Jason kept going straight ahead. The tall straw-colored grasses that grew wild on the side of the embankment irritated his calves, but thinned out as the dart became sandier towards the top. Kicking off his thongs, he felt the warm sand slide up between his toes. He half walked and half slid down the other side of the ridge and onto the beach, his thinking beach, his favorite private spot. As usual, the small stretch of beach was this 
Third, Jason dropped his thongs on a lawn and walked towards the ocean. The dry sand gave way to moist sand, which caked onto the soles of his feet. The tide was out, and the waves were poor. He slushed into the water up to his ankle. The water was pleasantly warm, and yet the worms annoyed him. It was as though the ocean, his bit of ocean, was taunting him for having lost the debate. Had the ocean got warmer just because he'd lost the debate? Of course, that couldn't be. It just seemed like it. He paced up and down in the water, kicking at it angrily from time to time. Idiots! He exclaimed out loud to nobody. Clearly, his parents were more concerned about their pay packing packet than about the future, his future. Just like the people who judged the debate, just like the prime minister, just like every adult, and they even managed to combine a lot of kids. Although the sun was now setting, it was still hot. Then it occurred to Jason that he could go for a swim. He was wearing his board shorts. He wrapped his glasses inside in his shirt and lobbed the bundle onto the sand. The water further out seemed cooler. He swam laps parallel to the shore, digging his arms furiously into the water. If only the stupid surf life-saving club people could see me now, he thought, swim too slowly, do I lack patience, do I idiots? After a few more laps, Jason was worn out. He dragged himself out of the water, flopped backwards onto the sand with his arms outstretched, and panted until he regained his breath. Once more, his mind drifted back to the afternoon's epic fail. It couldn't help itself. It was like a tongue obsessively exploring a silver of stake trapped between two teeth. The only thing the grown-ups seemed to be concerned about was their beloved money. Couldn't they see that there was a bigger picture here? Couldn't they see what was happening in their own backyards? Didn't they care about what future they were living for their children? Burger it.
thought Jason. I can't change anything by worrying about it. He sat up and looked out over the gently rolling waters. He fished his glasses out of his tangled shirt and put them on. And the waves snapped into focus to his surprise. He saw the arm of a swimmer doing a lazy stroke out in the distance. What an idiot! Swimming on his own at sunset, thought Jason, forgetting that he'd done the same thing only a few minutes earlier. The arm appeared a few times more. When the swells of the water were favorable, when Jason's stomach, oh, that's right, I haven't had dinner yet. Maybe it's not too late. He went to get up, but for some reason, gazed out into the dusk to catch the swimming arm. One last time, for a while, he couldn't see it, and then was that a raised hand that bobbed briefly into view? He rooted his eyes on the spot, seeking confirmation. After a few seconds, he got it. It was a hand. Jason bolted into the water, tossing his glasses behind him. Spray shot up as he pounded in. He swam powerfully, trying to ignore the fact that he was still weary from his earlier dip. Between strokes, he looked for the hand again to make sure he was heading in the right direction. But the hand didn't reappear. He stopped and looked back towards the beach, trying to judge whether he was far enough out. He stared around for the hand. Although the light was fading and his glasses were somewhere on the beach. Hey, is anybody here? Just the gentle sounds of the water. Anybody here? Then a cough. Jason twisted around to the direction it had seemed to come from the breast stroke ahead, straining his eyes like they were raiders. Cough. Health. It was a man's voice, feeble but close. But Jason couldn't see anything. Where are you? he yelled. Then something brushed against his foot. He kicked his legs into the air and dived straight down. His eyes were useless in the black water. He cropped and cropped, but there was nothing. Damn. He needed more air. 
then down again, just as his lungs demanded another fill. His wrists struck something. He latched on his to it. Was it hair? Whatever it was, he pulled it upwards and made for the surface. Jason splutters and breathed deeply. But the head he was holding above the water by its hair didn't do so. Had he been too late? Did he need to try to resuscitate the man? Then the man coughed, spat water, and gasped in a few breaths. Are you alright? No answer. Jason realized he was still holding the man up by his hair, so he lowered him down. But the man just sank back under the water, so Jason supported him by placing one of his arms across the man's chest. The man was breathing, but didn't move. Are you alright? Help, said the man weakly. Can you swim? Help. So Jason rolled the man onto his back, hooked one of his hands under the man's chin and started side-stroking his way towards the beach. The man's body remains completely limp. Unexhausted, Jason dragged the man onto the sand. He was still breathing, but just lay there. It was hard to see what he looked like in the failing light, but he seemed to be very old by Jason's star standards. Somewhat older than his father, his hair was well on its way to gray. You're lucky you went gray instead of going bald, thought Jason wearily. Are you alright? he asked. For at least the third time, yes, relieved. Jason leaned back to concentrate on his own recovery. He vaguely detected lights and voices coming from the bushy headline at the northern end of the beach but was too weary to pay att much attention. The people moved from the headland onto the beach. Jason could now make out about half a dozen shilhotes. This is weird, he thought through his exhaustion. Where did these people come from? They ran along the beach towards him, and when they got closer, he could see that at least two of the men were carrying large cameras on their shoulders. Two figures wearing business suits dashed ahead of the rest and ran straight past 
Jason to the man had rescued. You okay, Graham? Inquired Owen with urgency. Yes. They sat Graham up and gave him a drink. After a few gulps, he spat it out. Graham was obviously feeling a bit better and stronger and managed a little joke. I think I have had enough water to drink already this evening. What happened? asked one of the other men. By now, the cameras were pointed at Graham and microphones held out towards him, but he seemed impervious to them, as though he didn't even notice them. Bloody Rip got dragged out and down the coast, tried to swim out of it, but got worn out, couldn't even keep my head up. Must have bumped it on something. It hurts a bit. He messaged his scalp ruefully. Jason quietly rubbed his hands to make sure that no traces of gray hair remain, remained on them. Only then did it occur to Graham that he was hugly in Jason's depth. He rolled onto one elbow and faced Jason. Young man, you saved my life. I want to repay you somehow. Ask me for something, and I will give it to you. Jason was too tired to think that's okay, was all he could manage. Graham seemed much stronger now, having benefited from the attention of the suited people hovering around him. There must be something you want. Name it, and you've got it. Jason was still in a daze and was feeling weaker from hunger and fatigue. Plus, he had no idea where his glasses were. Then, a man stuck a microphone near Jason's mouth and said, Well, son, You've just been made an amazing offer. You can name your own reward. What do you want? Jason couldn't get his brain into gear. Did he hear right? Did the person thrusting a microphone into his face say he could have a reward? Anything he wanted? As though an autopilot. His mind reverted to what it had been festering on all afternoon. I want Australia to have emission control targets. One of the other men poked another microphone in Jason's face. Could you repeat that? Jason repeated wearily, I want 
Australia to have emission control targets, the Amsterdam ones. Everyone's attention returned to Graham, who was being held to his feet by the two suited men. They led him off the beach and away from the cameras as quickly as possible. But the people with the cameras and microphones followed. They all headed inland and were quickly out of earshot, leaving Jason alone on his beach again. In near darkness, well, that was weird, he thought. His stomach rumbled again. Although he didn't really want to face his parents just yet, it was definitely time to try for some dinner. So he struggled, weary to his feet, and headed off back over the sand hill. One of the microphone men trotted back onto the beach. Hey kid, but Jason was too far away to hear. Hey mate, wanna leave home after hearing nothing but the gentle lapping of the waves on the beach. He turned and left again. Jason trudged back past the surf life-saving club and along the dry creek bed. They could have at least offered me a lift home, he mused. 